Just to sprinkle stardust and to whisper, go to sleep, everything is all right. I close my eyes, then I drift away. Good morning from All Things SR Podcast. Good morning, Leslie, and how Good are you? Good morning, my friend. I am well. Happy, happy February 11th. Absolutely. Super Bowl weekend and in from the, the land of Mardi Gras, Super Bowl. Go, Go birds. birds. Go fly birds. Fly. It's a Philly thing. <laughs> yes, we are, uh, we are all flea for uh, the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Kansas City Chiefs. That's absolutely. This is a Philadelphia Walter podcast. says hello. Philadelphia. Um, oh, Walter Boo Boo. He's excited about the Super Bowl, too. Walter Boo Boo, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure he is. <laughs> That's all right, Betty. You can be whomever you want to be. But, you know, go birds. 2723 oh, is, is what your... I'm predicting. Oh. Uh, I don't know. Somebody asked me what I thought. I don't know. 2723. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like Why it's not? Really close. I do. Philadelphia always does that to you. Just makes you go nuts until the very end. Just like Penn State. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So, but it's uh, it'll be good. We, we're um, we're having a, a a mini Super Bowl party. Fun. Uh, yeah, because my um, brother-in-law's sister Mayor is here. Last night was her big prom. Aww. She looked absolutely beautiful, and her date Carl had a, a black black shirt, black pants, a bow tie with uh, little silver sparkles, and then a white coat with. With silver glitter all over it, and his mom said to me when I dropped Mary off, um, "I have glitter all over my car, <laughs> and the glitter's going to be there for a long time." A long time, <laughs> yes. That's so good, though. Betty's saying she's excited about the halftime show, and uh, Betty's oh, team, Casey. Because Clark Kent is from Kansas. Clark I Kent. love it. 
Brenda's mm-hmm. going to be missing it for the first time. She's going to be driving to Atlanta. Oh, somebody going uh, to uh, Fairburn? <laughs> Atlanta. Well, actually, it's this weekend. So I hope you're doing something fun in Atlanta. Uh, Anna's yes. saying, sorry, Steelers fan. Got to go with the Chiefs over and pit over Penn State, Anna. I thought I liked you, my friend, but <laughs> I'm not surprised. I know where the I know where loyalties lie west of the Allegheny Mountains. <laughs> no, I, I mean I that's true. I love the I, I I love the Pennsylvania teams. I'm not a hardcore NFL fan. I am a big college football fan, as you know. Um, well, I, I unfortunately I am giving my uh, my team. The joke because you can't root for you can't root for Philadelphia for my team. So. <laughs> well, I mean, Philadelphia is uh, has a unique fan base. How's that? Oh my God! Well, any any team that throws snowballs at Santa Claus, you can know there's there's something. When you going gotta there. grease the when you gotta <laughs> grease the light poles, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and you got to be careful of the septa stands because at the mm-hmm. NFC when they won the NFC. Somebody went right through the because it's like a plexiglass or a heavy duty glass or enclosure, mm-hmm. and there was a whole bunch of people standing on top of it and yeah. they went right through. So, anyway, so when are we, uh, in terms of parties, when is your party starting? Are you doing a whole thing tomorrow? Or, I have no idea. I, I don't no either. Um, <laughs> I have what I have to do, so I all don't I know, all know I know exactly is, what I'm going to be doing, or if we're going to slide in and just watch the game, or we are a block away from the the Eagles Sports Bar in South Central PA. Mr. G's giving a little shout out to Mr. G. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can only imagine uh, the amount of cars that are going to be in the area. Uh, it, it's lines the streets they have people outside mm-hmm. it's like a whole thing a whole thing uh, I, so. I hear you i hear you so it's i you know I, i'm a giants fan i mean i can't help that i just i had to sign on to it with my husband so so you're not really supposed to vote root for philadelphia because you're yes. a giants fan philadelphia and dallas are mm-hmm. like you know <laughs> But I am so. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we digress. We digress. And Anna, where is your son coming to? What show in Philly is he going to see? So that because apparently he's coming into town. Cool. I missed that. I'm sorry. I'm late. Yes. I'm behind on the comments. Sorry. Right. I, I did see it. Yeah. See Who's it. playing in Philly? So. Oh, they're going for a play this weekend. <sighs> Ooh. Yeah. That would be good. I know Anna nice. Jerry did me in too, but I still love my I, I love my alma mater. I love my alma mater. That was a big world of hurt, though. She and oh, Anna yeah, saying she's remember. watching the boys. No hockey, basketball today and tomorrow. Earbuds ready. She's not a basketball fan. <laughs> no Neither squeaky am I. sneakers Neither on am I. the. Oh God, no! Oh God, no! That is like. Nails on a blackboard mm-hmm. for me. Oof. Or chewing on tinfoil. Ooh. Ooh. That just made my teeth <laughs> She wasn't sure which anyway. play um, Anna said. They bought tickets in November. 
Wow. Well, I hope they have a wonderful well, I know, time. At least the weather's going to be nice for them to drive. They won't have to be dealing with awful stuff. Yeah. I know. I know that uh, "Come From Away" is playing in Philly. Ooh. I, I, right I bet that's it. And I think there are a couple others too. But "Come From Away," I saw that on Broadway. That was awesome. Absolutely awesome. It's about um, the town of uh, in up in Canada that the Gander that took all the um, 9-11 planes in uh, after, you know, when they shut the airspace around the United States and all, you know, the town and how they got it together and great music. So, yeah, I, it's a lot. Of, I, it'll be a lot I of fun. I hope they have a great time. Ellie, God bless her, up at six in the morning listening to us in the West Coast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, said sports, mm-hmm. <laughs> football. I'm recovering from Odeon, an anti-sports ball get-together party last night with a bunch of grandparents <laughs> and teens. <laughs> That's the only reason I know. I, I'd, I'd be right there, tomorrow. Ellie. I'd be right there. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie, you are fabulous. And I love the fact they called it the Odeon. That was my favorite cafe that I went to when I studied abroad in Athens in the neighborhood called the Mets. It's still there. I loved it so much. I would go there all the time. And they would play Ella James and American classical jazz and standards, which I thought was unusual for a little spot in Athens. Um, and ah, that's, great. that's where I started drinking coffee. I had cappuccino there. I kind of fell in love with it. So it's a very special, when I hear Odeon, I, I have such beautiful memories associated with that, that word. So Betty wanted to know if Gabriel was celebrating the Super Bowl. I have it on fairly good authority that the Clarks will be celebrating uh, the Super Bowl, and uh, they are going for the birds. Absolutely going for the birds. They are from Pennsylvania, after all. And they're not from Western PA. They're right in the center, so... So it could go either way. When you're in the center, of the you, you've got Pittsburgh in the west. The center usually goes Baltimore, and the uh, east goes uh, Philadelphia. Unless you're in the northeast of Pennsylvania, and then it's usually for the Giants or yeah, the Jets. Yeah, and then you also so. have a contingent of Washington as well as um, mm-hmm. Baltimore fans in South Central PA. There's a lot, but Steelers right. Nation, to be fair and to be true, Anna, you know this better than anyone if being a Steelers fan. Steelers Nation is massive and strong all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. and I love the fact Betty had asked which team Paul, she's wondering which team Paul will cheer for. Well, considering um, Team Paul would probably have gone for Boston. Yeah, he would have been a Patriots fan. For the Patriots. So he, you know, depending upon the rivalry between Boston and Kansas City, he might go Kansas City. If, but if there's a big rivalry there, then he would probably go Philadelphia. I'm, I'm agreeing with you on that assessment. That's, that's what I'm hearing mm-hmm. a lot from from Patriots fans. Well, most pa- Patriots fans don't yeah. care. Their team's not in it. They don't care. That's true. Be- <laughs> yeah, and Tom's not there. So. And I see Cheryl's on. Anyway. Good morning, Cheryl. I hope you're feeling yeah, better. So good to see you here. Oh, so good to see you here. And and I'm glad to hear that they took the train in. That's a wonderful way to travel. Absolutely. And Shell asks, <laughs> and I agree. Who chews on tinfoil? 
<laughs> no, but you know, I never. This will. <laughs> it's I a knew story. This is a story. I knew <laughs> that's why I wanted to ask it. <laughs> when I was a little girl, I think I was six going on seven, my mom, we were in the process of moving out of Haddonfield, New Jersey to Richmond, Virginia. Mm -hmm. And my birthday would have fallen right in that time frame. And my mother decided she wanted to have a birthday party for Aww. me. And she had read that if you put, you know, it, how much fun it is to put pennies in dirt, a cake so that the kids could collect the pennies. <laughs> for the um, penny candy stores that were wherever. <laughs> and so in order that you're not putting in these dirty pennies, she wrapped each penny in tin foil. Okay. Oh, so gosh. she... <laughs> and I... All of a sudden, oh, God, it, it, it's cringing me now. <laughs> I can Think tell. About it. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so you would, you would, if you accidentally tore a little piece of the tin foil off, and it could have been the tiniest little piece ever from these pennies that she had, that eventually all fell to the bottom of the cake pan anyway. Um, it just, oh, yeah, it's, so that's how I know. Oh my gosh. Well, as Betty notes, another chapter sneak peek from your book, <laughs> Pam. And and we're just sending lots of love and hugs out to you, Cheryl. She said COVID is kicking her yeah. butt, but she thinks because they gave her that medicine, Pam kind of made me continue to take it. I was I was going to stop. Um, yes, would, well, your daughter kindly could. I would call on uh, on on our resident nurse here to <laughs> to chime in if you have any suggestions for sweet Cheryl, because. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Cheryl's sending so. us all some Florida sunshine today. It is 76 degrees this morning. She is a nice. City fan because she loves my homes, the QB. And that's, uh, that is understandable. Now, Andy Reid used to coach Philly. So it's, it, I, I think that's kind that's of an true. interesting drama, side drama. And the brothers. Don't and forget the brothers. The brothers. Yes. The Kelsey right, the Brothers, Kelsey Ball, right? Kelsey Isn't that what they were calling it? Whatever. Yeah, because one place for San Francisco and the other place for, or the one place for Kansas City, the other place for yeah. the Eagles. So anyway, now that we've now that we've done sports talk, sports talk <laughs> and we're uh, hoping uh, Jezebel on. Hello, hello, welcome. So glad you could Hi. join today. Absolutely. Um, it's not all sports talk, we promise. We're getting to the chapter in SR's news. Um, but we do want to send lots of love to Cheryl. I'm hoping you feel better. And yeah. uh, can, uh, send also a congratulations out to Anna's number, number 91, Broken Stick. Broken oh, stick. $388, but found one in mm -hmm. stock, thank God. You need to, you need yep. to supply the hockey players always with good equipment. And mm -hmm. uh, Brenda said, 53 and cloudy here. Uh, <laughs> in uh, New Orleans. And mm -hmm. safe travels to you, Brenda. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So, yes. It'll be a it's good gonna one. It's going to be fun. Oh, it's going to. It will be. And 
Sounds like our next weekend. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and we are very excited to say SR has some additional news to share. We want to spread does. it around. So tell us the news. The news. All the news across the nation. <laughs> um, his audio, his publisher has placed the audio book for the Roman on sale for a limited time. It's 50% off. I think when you, if you're not doing Audible, you, if you buy the, the audio book itself, it's $24.99 and it's on sale for 14 and change. So that's nice. Oh, and you want to hear that. You want to hear the story told oh, yes. to you. It's, I just love hearing. Dale Robertson did a great job mm -hmm. on this. Or Roberts, Robertson, Dale, whatever. Anyway, but it, he did a great job with it. And this book, I, I cried. I, I had, at one point had to shut the book and I, cause I was just bawling my eyes out. Mm. But it's so good. Anyway. Um, the filming of Gabriel's Redemption continues, and the prince has already finished filming his scenes, and he's looking forward to introducing him to all Ooh. of us. And his scenes will give us a glimpse of what it would be like to see the Florentine series on film. Oh, SR teasing us. Hopefully. As Betty notes, the Roman I'll is so good. It is. Oh. The suspense and the buildup. Flora saying, so in love with the series. I can't wait to meet Willie. I can't either. Now my neck is ready. And Betty said she cried because it wasn't narrated by Morgan. That's but true. But Robertson did a good That's job. True. He did. He but did. I, Betty, I am with you. I remember first hearing you and Perling talk about the audiobooks on the um, Gabriel Series Fan Podcast. And I... I was like, oh, man, I should check that out because I wasn't a big audiobook listener at the time. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I I just was mesmerized, mesmerized by his 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 voice. It really, really was such a loss. Um, Absolutely. Went Absolutely. And I think right before the uh, uh, SR announced the book being published is when he announced that... Um, uh, John Morgan had uh, passed on, yeah. so it was... It's an emotional time. But it's really good. Yeah, it was, mm -hmm. very for a lot of people. So the other good news is that uh, he has is that um, the Macedonian readers will have good news coming to them soon, so stay tuned. And he just says, have a great weekend, enjoy the Super Bowl, and go birds. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that's well could but go he either said way. The Emersons it doesn't matter. Are, <laughs> he does, but or the Clarks. The Emersons yes. are the Clarks. All right. Yeah. Eagle stands. So we actually yes. have that on good so. authority. Uh-huh. <laughs> so as we begin, we finally ended chapter five last mm -hmm. week. Um we're now at chapter six and as you know, the Clarks are still um, visiting the Emersons, and they're all together in the house. And Chapter 6 begins late, late in the night. Actually, it was after midnight, and Richard was in bed. He felt the mattress dip as someone crawled under the covers, and he rolled over, and he was spooning with his wife. They both sighed with contentment. 
Richard was stroking her hair, kissing it, telling her how much he missed her. It was strange because her hair was long and straight, as it had been before her chemotherapy. And she missed him too, and she reached over to and entwined her fingers in his. He felt the redding wings tapping together, and he was so glad that he had not removed his. He told her that he dreams about her all the time, and he told her that he missed her. And Grace responded that she also missed him. She missed him so much. He told her that she had been too young to die, and there was so much they had planned on to doing when they grew older, and he missed holding her at night, and he missed her voice, and he just couldn't believe that he had lost her. I know, as Betty's saying it, and I'm thinking it as I read the summary here, it was, God, this chapter was so emotional. And mm-hmm. it really was a great chapter. Floor sang so deep and emotional for such a short, short chapter. And Betty said, this yep. is where Grace from the film and book are different. The hair. Good, mm-hmm. good notice of that. Um, just the beginning of this, it makes, it just, it takes your breath away a little bit. It, you know, when I, I remember first reading this and it just, it knocked me, it knocked me out as mm-hmm. yes, Shell, you just took the words out of my mouth. It's powerful. Um, she kissed the rings and pulled his hand closer to her chest. Richard was expecting the concave scars from her mastectomy, but it didn't bother him to touch or look at her. She wouldn't allow it. She had been planning to have the reconstructive surgery, but the cancer returned, and it had made it impossible. She was always beautiful, he thought, even at the very end. And she pulled his hand up to full flesh. And Grace had said she had been healed, and it was more wonderful than... She, he could ever imagine, and it didn't hurt anymore. There was no pain. And Richard questioned her healed, no pain, no tears. It was just so, so beautiful, she said. Richard's voice caught and told her that he was so sorry. He is so sorry that he didn't realize that she was sick, and he should have paid better attention. He should have noticed. Um, of course, Richard taking it all on himself, right? And Grace kissed him, kissed the back of his hand saying, it was her time. And there was so much she wants to show him, but not yet. He needs to rest, rest my love. So, Shell notes, many people are not open to an experience like this. And she said, they are not wanting to experience such dreams only to have them lose them, have to lose them again. To lose them. Mm -hmm. And she also notes that Richard has very strong faith. I think all of these components, all of these observations you just made, Shell, really play into this chapter. Um, Oh, yeah. And and you do have to be open to them, and and they do happen. In my experience, they do happen. Yeah, I mean, it's... It, we actually asked SR um, about this, mm-hmm. and initially, you know, when you were when we asked him when you were conceiving this book, did you plan to have this scene showing Richard and Grace's connection? And he said yes. 
I had in mind that there would be a couple of visitations by grace. So I thought that was really, um, I was curious, you know, cause you know, sometimes he has his notes and his note cards and I always wonder what he has on those note cards. Um, mm -hmm. and, and when you think about it, she came to Gabriel and comforted Gabriel when he was, you know, in such distress in, re yes. in a rapture when he and, and Julia broke up and then, uh, you know, it helped him move on to what he had to move on to, as well as the fact that, um, you know, the, his little girl was there too. Um, that made a difference. And then uh, you've got Richard. And, you know, I, it's, it's, a, it's a powerful chapter for such a short one. Yeah, as, as been said. it really is. That's why when we were preparing the podcast, we actually were like, should we do more than the chapter six? And I, and we both were like, you know, it's small, but it's mighty. And there's a lot to mm -hmm. unpack and think about and discuss here, um, which makes it warranted. Um, as Shell notes, mm -hmm. SR opens us up to such spiritual connection and openness. Yes. I think that, I, I really think, Absolutely. Shell, truly, I think that's one of the reasons people are drawn to his work. The people that love SR's book so much, I think are also drawn to that spirituality and that mm -hmm. connection. And of course, his themes of love and redemption and forgiveness, I think are so strong. Mm -hmm. um, Betty notes, this scene was so beautiful because this is our first time seeing Richard and Grace's interaction. We heard about their connection and how strong their life was. But reading this just left me feeling like Richard, they are missing out on so much by her early departure. Mm -hmm. Beautifully said, Betty. Beautifully said. You know, and you know, I I can say, you know, having experienced the loss of my husband at a, a younger age, there is that sense of loss that's there, and uh, the growing old on the porch together doesn't happen, if you know what I mean. Right. And you know, they, they miss out on weddings and births and grandchildren, that kind of thing. And so, yeah, you, I, I understand how that, how he would feel that way. I, you know, as we were preparing this, I really did think about you a lot, Pam, with, you know, you have that experience. Mm -hmm. You and Richard mm -hmm. have that shared experience of losing a spouse. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I think that's a hard... It's a hard reflection, you know, when you're, you lose somebody, you know, to mm -hmm. kind of go through that again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can remember when Patrick and Laura got married, um, having to walk away a little bit from the reception because it was just, it, you know, the fact that Jim missed all this mm -hmm. was, was it, It's palpable. I know. I, I, yeah. We go through that many times with the losses of mm -hmm. our loved ones you know the, those of you who follow the podcast know 2012 we lost a lot of people very close to us in in my family mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. over the summer i call it the summer of sadness and um mm -hmm. it is it forever changed our dynamic as a family um so it, it is it, it's 
it's but also you know as elena is noting here it was very traumatic time when she lost her only nephew to an overdose however she felt very blessed when a few days later she had a dream of him speaking to her to let her know he was at peace and doing well she was always grateful for that someone said doesn't that creep you out no for me it gave me peace and betty's noted how sorry she was for your loss and i know we've you've mentioned him to us before elena and thank you for sharing that because i think that's a powerful you know that is a powerful feeling to know and have that comfort mm -hmm. that it is and visitation you know, I for me personally, I can speak of two experiences, one with Jim and one actually with Patrick. Mm -hmm. um, with Jim, for a couple of months after he, he passed, I would come home from work every day and find his side of the bed neatly turned mm -hmm. down. Inevitably. I walk in, you know, you walk into your house, you go upstairs to change out of work clothes and... There's the bed, his side of the bed, nicely pulled down. Mm. And uh, with Patrick, it was funny because I, I haven't dreamt about him. Mm -hmm. But I was listening, one night I was listening to something and um, had the, the Bruce Springsteen's Land of Hope and Dreams came on. Yeah. And I had some, such a, a sense of peace for Patrick while listening to that song. And Patrick knew how much of a Springsteen fan. Oh, yeah. And so I, the, the, to have a message come through that way was very, felt really, really good. And I think that's so. authentic, right? I mean, that's, it just, mm -hmm. that's, it's just beautiful. I'm seeing that Flora noted, this is definitely why I love SR's writing so much. Spirituality is a big part of my life. And I've had dreams and visits from past on loved ones. It can be comforting knowing they are with you. She lost a very good friend the first week of this year and just got a reminder that he's with her. I'm sorry for your loss, Floor. Anna said her husband, Alan, was only 64. So young. So young, yeah. Anna. I'm so sorry. She misses him. She never had this spiritual visit. But it'll be eight years, February 19th, so next week. Sending big hugs to you, Anna. That's yeah. it's never easy. Yeah. Yeah, I feel your loss. Jim will be 23 years in March 31st. Mm. Yeah. It's hard so. to believe, right? Mm -hmm. Shell's noting that other spirits that come to me creep me out, but I would welcome loved ones. And Ellie says, I definitely feel my dad's presence in visitations. Anna says, feeling very bittersweet, happy for the time, cheated for what never will be, as I see my friends and partners growing old together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that is the hard part. Because, you know, one of the, I, and I don't know whether you experienced this or not, but one of the things that I experienced was some of our, our couple friends. Mm-hmm after Jim passed, sort of went on with it, went on and did things without what would have been Jim and myself mm -hmm. or, you know. So, I mean, I, I 
I can understand that. And um, lots of hugs coming your way, Anna. Um, and she notes she's feeling less spiritual as she grows older. She thinks too literally. And Cheryl says she actually smells her grandparents. And I, Cheryl, I, her great-grandparent. Um, mm -hmm. And that's an interesting observation, Cheryl. That I, I have read about that phenomena. And mm -hmm. that, you know, I'm hoping that gives you comfort. You know, mm -hmm. I'm really hoping it gives you comfort. We actually asked, asked SR the question, do you believe that loved ones visit you or watch over you after they pass? And his response was, I do. I don't think everyone has the same experience but I certainly believe that it's possible, and for some, it's a reality. So, I, I'm glad he responded. I didn't know if he'd respond to that one. You know, I always, mm -hmm. as you guys know, I'll throw a lot of questions at SR, and he doesn't always get to all of them. Um, some of them are ridiculous, and I don't expect him to. But this one... Uh -huh. Or if they get a little too personal or too close to home, I think he obviously will respond when he's comfortable. But I'm glad he responded to this one. I had a feeling that was his mm -hmm. would be his response, but I wasn't sure. Um, mm -hmm. Elena saying, I'm always thankful that I can consider myself a woman of faith. I know this doesn't work for everyone, and I respect that. But for any dark times in my life, I've always been able to give it up to God has never failed to lift me back up. And <laughs> Betty, yes, Betty, exactly. Betty says, I thought he was going to answer with, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or winky smile. Exactly. Or, uh, <laughs> I think you have to, you have to be open to it, open about it. Uh, you know, it's, uh, even with faith, I mean, I noticed a, a major change in my faith after Jim passed. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, everything changes, sometimes for the good, sometimes not. But you you work on it. I work on it a daily thing. Yeah. Which is a good reason why SR is doing the book about for Lent. Right. The Art of Lent. Right. You know, you don't have to be religious to look at art and contemplate it. There's so a lot of... I'm looking forward yeah, to this. and I need to get it. Um, <laughs> thanks for the reminder. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> thanks for the reminder. So You know what else I have to order? Uh-huh. The Gabriel Inferno DVDs before they are out DVDs. of stock, and I'll be sad forever if I miss that chance, so I need to get on the uh. stuff. Um Shell's noting that seagulls and crows represent uh, when they see when they see her dad and mom, which I love too. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of things. I get a lot of hummingbirds and mm -hmm. cardinals. And Betty's really looking forward to seeing the scene on film. Um, yeah, that's going to be very I, cool. I. Hopefully it'll be pretty. I think it's going to be so moving. Like, I don't know if I'm ready to see this scene on film. I It'll be I very emotional, I think. 
Um, mm-hmm. Because this is such, I don't know, it's just such a special scene. And it, it really encapsulates mm-hmm. the spirituality, but the love. This is this is the loving foundational relationship that Gabriel and Julia are aspiring to. You know, there's so many things and so many themes on it. So we asked SR another question um, uh, regarding this scene in particular. Oh, and Elena said bluebirds for her nephew and cardinals for her mom. Love it. Brenda totally agrees. And um, we asked SR if Richard was surprised by the visit. And SR said, I think he felt comforted. So, you know, yeah, I can understand. I think, that. yeah, I, I think. Well, as many of our, many of our friends in the chat box were saying, it was, it is comforting if you have. Mm-hmm. So morning, he wakes so up. The next, and of course, the bed is empty, but he's given a very generous, a precious gift. Uh, he felt lighter and more at peace than he had had for a long time. He had breakfast with the family and began making plans to move back to Salem's Grove. Love it. In the next, yeah, in the next week, he put the condo on the market, prepared to pack up for the movers, gave in his resignation. Mm -hmm. And uh, Gabriel had also prepared to have the furniture and storage to be moved back into the house. Even to the point where when the movers arrived, he had told the movers before they started moving anything out of the truck to go upstairs to move the stuff out of the master bedroom so they could put Richard's uh, things there. And Richard was, um, was he, he was, he, you know, he went over and he put his hands on Gabriel's shoulder and he says, no, the guest room is my, was his now. So Gabriel then asked the movers to give him a moment and he turned to Richard and asked why he didn't want his old room. And he said that he had given this, that Julie had given this her touch. It was now her room, and they painted it and fixed it. And, you know, he didn't want to undo that. So as Gabriel prepared to protest, Richard stopped him. He told him that Grace will be with him no matter where he slept, which is true mm-hmm. in, that, in, that, in that house, yep. And she would find him in the guest room, and he clapped Gabriel's shoulders and called the movers back. Gabriel was not going to question him, especially when he seemed content with his decision. And truthfully, he did not find Richard's remarks strange. That night when Richard went to bed, he could almost imagine Grace getting in bed with him. He rolled over and slept peacefully until he met her in his dreams. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Betty says, you know, this just reminded me of two songs from two different films, Turn Back the Hands of Time from Greece 2 and Wishing You Were Somehow Here Again from the Phantom of the Opera. And I, mm-hmm. Betty, that, that's especially the Phantom song. Yeah, I mean, it just, it just perfectly captures that feeling, you know. Of, mm-hmm. of wishing that they were still with us. Um, and Grace has Richard's GPS. Yes, she, she will does. be with him wherever yes, she he certainly goes. does. Um, which I, I think is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
So we, we'd asked uh, SR, he says, was Rachel surprised at his moving back to Sealand's Grove? And SR's response was, yes, but it makes sense. His life and his memories are all are in Sealand's Grove. And I think he realized once he sold the house and moved, moved that he couldn't feel Grace's presence the way he had. No, there... Yeah. Which is, that makes us makes a, makes sense. I mean, you know, you're in. You've raised your family. You've lived here for a thousand years. Mm -hmm. Let's say, I'm just goofing on the age, but um, yeah. I mean, you, everything you know and love is all in this area. So it's not like you don't want to really move away from that. So I understand. Yeah, I can. I think it makes sense, and it's when you're in an area that you've been with with someone for a long time, you have these visual cues, right? Wherever you look, there's a memory. Oh, mm -hmm. well, this mm -hmm. is what we did when we were walking down this street or at this park or at this restaurant or at this bar, right? Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of memories attached to it. Absolutely. I can see that. So we all... So, did Grace's visit give Richard peace and closure? And SR responded, very much so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Trace memories, Shell mm -hmm. said. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think it was, it was probably that craving, you know, that craving of wanting to have that connection and having this visitation really helped him. Mm -hmm. And his comfort. loss is still very new. His his loss is still very new at this point because, I mean, it's only been probably about a year because it's, uh, you know, they have just they've only they haven't even been married a year, Julie and right. Gabriel, at this point. And uh, you know, you figure he's a few he's uh, quite a few months into the grieving process, so. That in and of itself is going to, you know, the comfort that is mm -hmm. there. Um, I, I remember um, after my husband passed away, I was told, don't do anything for a year. Yeah. Don't make any life-changing decisions here with it for a year, like selling your house. I mean, obviously, sometimes that has to happen, but... Um, but for the most part, you know, the, the life-changing decisions that have to be made, hold off for a year if you can. I think that sounds like good advice, right? I mean, mm -hmm. gives you a chance to absorb what happened, mm -hmm. to kind of catch your breath, um, to kind of a, take a take a pause and assess where things mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Betty's wondering, she says, I wonder, do you think Richard will remarry? And I, I you know, I think the, the consensus, especially in one person, is that he should never remarry and that he probably won't. I'm not so sure about that. I think... I think a lot of times there are people that have had exceptional marriages and have gone on and married again. Mm -hmm. um, and 
have been have been happy and their the relationship they had not the same as they had with their first spouse but it's a it's a strong bond it's and at an older age it's a more a lot of companionship mm -hmm. and uh i think it's i think it's possible but at this point in time meeting someone tomorrow and getting married in a year no i don't think that will well and and there's oh, oh i knew that comment betty would draw some uh, discussion here in the chat um, mm -hmm. Elena mm -hmm. noted those words that you were given, Pam, were wise words. Mm -hmm. Too much trauma going on to make life-changing decisions. Um, mm -hmm. And Ellie says, I think you don't know until you know. And Ellie, I think that's really perfectly stated. Um, I also am ambiguous about whether or not Richard will remarry. I feel like it's possible um but you don't know until you know right you're not sure right i've shared this story before um but i had a colleague who lost her husband very early in life he was maybe late 40s maybe early 50s mm -hmm. passed from geoblastoma cancer brain cancer mm -hmm. and um and um you know she, you know she was grieving i mean that was her life partner they had been together forever mm -hmm. um and she ended up going to a, a support group and ended up connecting with a man who lost his wife very young um and they fell in love and what's beautiful about their relationship and they've been married many years now is how they honor their first spouses and it's not like they're forgotten they're placed as a part in the, of the family you know this is part of their absolutely. family story absolutely um, and she loves her second husband differently it's a different relationship he's a different person but the the solace and the comfort they give each other is really beautiful um so i you know stories like that make me think it could be possible it wouldn't lessen richard's love for grace no um but you know, but he may be at a point that he's fine and he may just have uh, friends or companionship and maybe not go into marriage. But you just don't know until you know, as, no, you as Ellie says, you don't know yeah. until you know. There's a lot of comments I mean, in here. <laughs> what were you going to say, Pam? You know, and as far as like right now, he's at this point where he, I mean, he's found peace with his, this, um, Vision with grace yes. right now. But, you know, a lot of people, a friend of my sister's, um, she lost her husband also to brain cancer mm -hmm. uh, about, I guess, oh, how long? Probably about seven years ago, mm -hmm. six years ago. And um, they were high school sweethearts. Yeah. And she's now on a dating app. Wow. 
seen you her. don't you don't and i mean i have a she, i have a friend who lost her husband in her 40s and she's deep you know she's into her 80s and she never remarried she she had companions she had men in her life but mm-hmm. you know her husband was it for her and she's looking forward to reuniting with him when her time comes you know it's it can go either way companionship uh, with everything implied mm-hmm. can happen again um a friend of mine told me i shouldn't just go out and meet somebody. Just go meet somebody. You don't have to get married again. And I don't know what's going to happen in my lifetime. I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm not. I'm not in my forties anymore or my fifties. But who knows? I might meet somebody. Absolutely. I. I you got to keep. You got to keep yourself. You have open to be to open that. to it. People meet the meet meet others who they connect with at all stages and ages. So, you know, as mm-hmm. Betty notes, right now that seems like an impossible idea. But do you think perhaps he might love someone else in the future? Maybe now with the same intensity, or maybe not with the same intensity, but a companion who will keep help him find joy again. And I, sure, yeah, I, I definitely think it's possible. Ellie said, Richard, perhaps, but not SR, has kind of set up possibilities of companionship, at least um, their housekeeper, right? As mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. they'll uh, get to meet her in future chapters, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. Elena agrees with you, Pam. She says, "Never say never." Grace was the love mm-hmm. of his life, but down the road, more good things could happen for Richard. Shell's noting that um, you should never say never, and Ellie said, "I thought my mom would never." But she did, and she outlived them mm-hmm. both. I think now at eighty-one, she's done. Yeah. But again, you don't know until you know. You don't yeah, know. Ellie, that's, I, well, I have to laugh. You shared that story. It's so powerful. Um, you know, you just you never say never. Well, as Shell says. Then again, you ha- you have someone like my my grandmother's sister, my aunt mm-hmm. Jean. Her name was actually Eugenia. Mm-hmm. Eugenia. Um, she met her first husband, whom she had her children mm-hmm. with, um, ended up embezzling money from Firestone <laughs> <laughs> and, and did prison time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I laugh at this because my aunt told, told us this <laughs> another chapter for your book, Pam. Where, <laughs> Yeah, one of the things about Aunt Jean, she always had a new car every two years. I don't think she worked, and she always had the most beautiful diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> and they never recovered the money. Anyway. Um, and supposedly, God forgive me, it's wrong to speak over the dead, but apparently she had had an affair with the judge so she could keep him in longer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and then wow. And then and and then when she was in her 70s she met a man in Florida cuz she'd moved to Florida and uh, met a man in Florida married him and he was also originally from the same area as she was. And <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> she divorced him after 3 years. 
I don't know what it was with Angie. <laughs> she sounds, she said, <laughs> yes. Sheldon oh, my Lord. Person. Wow. Yes, she, she was. God oh, my her. gosh. Unbelievable. Uh. <laughs> you know, Betty uh, made a commented that I can't picture Gabriel remarrying if he loses Julia, but I do think Richard might love again, given enough time. Mm-hmm. Some people are irreplaceable mm-hmm. and they're impossible to forget. Um, floor notes, I don't think Richard would get married again, but he would definitely be happy enjoying a new connection with some. And mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Betty, <laughs> I don't see Richard having pelvic affiliates like Gabriel. <laughs> uh, well, I, I don't see that either. I can see him possibly having intimate relationships, but not affiliates. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, Richard's not going to go to a, a, a bar and, and run off into the men's room, the ladies' room, or whatever, <laughs> oh my God. at any given time. <laughs> well, well you're, you're right. I mean, Gabriel doesn't do that anymore, though. No, he didn't. Doesn't, but yeah. he did. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't say that Richard would want a physical connection with somebody, but he could still want that. It could be a possibility sure. at some point, but mm-hmm. he de- definitely ha- has, uh, you know, I think it would be the whole package for him. It seems like that's his his ethos, right? Anna's saying she has doubts. Uh, she says, I don't go to places to meet a potential partner. Plus, I'm so used to making unilateral decisions. Not sure how well I would compromise. I can understand that too, Anna. I perfectly mm-hmm. understand that. Mm-hmm. And Jezebel says, if it happens, it will happen, but it can't be forced, which no, is true. Be. And uh, <laughs> Betty was saying uh, that uh, another chapter sneak peek from Pam's book with that. Oh, God. It's a colorful family. I know. I'm like, are you heading to Florida after that story? (laughs) Hell no. But her younger sister, Aunt May, had started to become a Mm -hmm. nun and met her husband while she was a a postulant. Elena says, Pam, you better get started on your books. I think you're up to volume eight or nine at this point. <laughs> Betty said she lived an interesting life. And she did. Uh, Flora said, LOL, Pam, Aunt Jean would make a great chapter. <laughs> and Betty does note, uh, well, back in the day, Gabriel did have lots of affiliates, but now he only rushes yes, he to did. the museums with Julia. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. the feed with that, Betty. Anna says, can you imagine someone challenging me about buying that $400 stick? <laughs> Anna, I well, would put I, uh, Anna, you every time. <laughs> I don't think they would challenge no. you. Because I have a feeling that if you did meet somebody who became that close to you, that they would be right there with you as far as... Actually, in off. truth, I agree. I agree. If, if so. you know, down the road you would find a companion or, or someone to, to share time or life with 
they probably would be just as excited about 91 um, and wanting to support 91's uh, team. So that, but. <laughs> and they would also support the Kate Spade wall, the purses and wallets. <laughs> That's right. If, <laughs> if they knew. Uh, she, Shell says, I pray my for them. My, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my downfall is Dooney and Burke. <laughs> And thank God, QVC, I can get them on four or five easy pages. Yes. <laughs> have you gone to the, the QVC store, Pam? They have an outlet store. No, There's I have There's one not far from you. I have been to. And they might have, they, they were definitely had purses last time I was there. You might want to check that out, too, because they are deep discounts well, at that point. It's funny, because the other day I was, I was, I, I, I there, I was on TikTok. Somebody uh, had tagged something I had done. And Beth, it was at Frankel. She was one of the Real Housewives of mm -hmm. New York. She was talking about TJ Maxx. Uh -huh. And how there are some TJ Maxxes that are a little bit um, more expensive than other TJ Maxxes, mm -hmm. which I can attest yes, to. Yes, I can too. There is a... There, there's one TJ Maxx in St. David's up by where Reese mm -hmm. lives that you can go in there and you'll see a Fendi purse that was $2,500 mm -hmm. retail that they're selling for $1,500. Which is a big discount. <laughs> it is a big discount. Uh -huh. It's not what I envision when I'm running a TJ Maxx for a purse. No, I mean, there are... Though uh, there, there's a TJ Maxx that I've gone to occasionally in Broomall, Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. that, I mean, you don't have that. No. <laughs> I think the most expensive person there was about $129. <laughs> but that's also but, why sometimes I will shop down in your direction towards the bigger cities. They tend to have, um, they have different um, products. You know, they'll, they'll have True. different, different variety I've, of offerings than they, they have in South Central PA. I've also discovered Poshmark. Oh, yes. Yes. So has my 25-year-old daughter, Sabrina. <laughs> my, my, my sister has loved, um, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Vera mm. Bradley bags forever. No. Yeah. Her, her, you know, she doesn't have the champagne budget or champagne taste that I may have mm -hmm. in certain things. And she, but they they can be pricey. And so she found one on Poshmark for like $20. Oh my gosh, that's wonderful. Yeah, you can find so. some great stuff um, at consignment shops too. It's, it's fun. As Anna says, uh, you know, not just the Kate Spade purses and wallets and coach. And her shoe addiction, Anna. I am right there with you on the shoes, most definitely. And Betty's expensive well, bag cost her twenty five. And Elena says, "I'm with you, Betty." <laughs> I'm. I'm. Like I said, I. I'm a Dooney and Burke. I do like Coach. I've had Coach mm -hmm. bags, but I, they, they. I. They were. Marcus. It was on sale, and I. So I didn't pay. Retail for it, but it was still 
a lot more money than I would have than yeah. if people knew how much I paid they'd be like what <laughs> but if it brings so. you joy and, and if my it sister's lasts with forever, you know you're Betty. you know you're in exactly. good shape and it would have lasted forever until my son started selling Cutco knives and he went to cut something and accidentally cut the knives <gasps> too. <laughs> Another chapter, fam. Another chapter. Yes. Well, this has been a really great discussion. I am very excited that I knew it would be. It didn't disappoint. I appreciate everyone for putting your comments and thoughts in the chat room. Um, because I think it, that's what makes this podcast special. We get to hear what your thoughts are about SR's beautiful writing. And, um, this has been fun. I, I, and, and, yes. you know, I see Betty says, I don't need expensive brands. Shell says, I have a superhero mini backpack, $10 from Walmart from about <laughs> 2010 or 2011. I love it. And Elena says, I'm almost That's always good. a bargain shopper. We have some great outlets and discount stores in her area. I can attest to that. Even L.L. Bean has a great discount too. store. My only true extravagance is John Hardy jewelry. She just loves it. <laughs> and Brenda, thank you. I, you know, Brenda says, great chat, thanks. ladies. Have an amazing weekend. You too. And enjoy your Atlanta. Enjoy Atlanta. Have a great Great trip, safe mm -hmm. travels. And Betty's saying, hello, Walmart. Flora's saying, always <laughs> a good time here. Have a great week and stay safe until next week. Yep, you all too. Yes, yes. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Go birds. And, Go birds. Uh, Pam, what and, are you uh, uh, sending us off to? Message in a bottle. The police, whom I actually did see in concert at CBGB's before they hit it big. Oh, my gosh. You, again, mm -hmm. seriously chapter for your book. That is a serious chapter. <laughs> anyway. So, so, you all have a good week, and we'll talk later. Section